Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. My son started his first day of his senior year of high school today. So I am feeling a little, I don't even know what I'm feeling. (laughs) I'm like slightly verklempt, but I'm also proud and happy for him and all of the things. But like, whoa, whoa, like five minutes ago, he was like tiny. As they say, the... uh, The years fly by, but the days drag on. (laughs) I think that is very true. Listen, coming up soon, in the next few weeks, you're going to start hearing a little bit more about this group program that I've put together, which I finally come up with a name for. It is officially called Grit and Grace. And that's because that's what it takes to get through all of this, whether you are trying to decide whether to stay or go, whether you're in the process of divorce, whether you're on the other side and trying to heal from it, it takes grit and it takes grace. There is so much hard work to be done, but all of it needs to be done in the container of grace, most particularly for yourself. So, Um, Like I said, more information will be coming soon on Grit and Grace. We begin in September. Make sure you are on my email list. Uh, There are a million ways to do that. But um, if you go to my website, uh, you'll probably find a few of them. If you're in my Facebook group, you're probably on my email list. If you don't get emails from me, sign up for something. (laughs) That'll get you there. Um, but I'll also talk about it and give you more information on the podcast as we roll it out. But I am really excited about it. I haven't created a new program in a while, and this one feels to me like it is my it is my soul. <laughs> it is my it is my mission. It's my mission in life to help women center their children, uh, even in the most high conflict of cases. And it's my mission to help women break free of the chains of toxic relationships. It's my mission to rid the world of toxic masculinity and patriarchy by empowering women to raise their children away from a toxic and abusive parent, which then gives them the chance to do something different, to be someone different. Right? We don't rid the world of toxic masculinity and patriarchy by changing um, the people that, you know, who are already here. We give the next generation better tools and a chance. It's also my mission to empower women to choose better for themselves and their children so that they stop enabling their toxic partners 
and eventually force them into a personal reckoning. And I have recently witnessed someone in my life uh, having a personal reckoning and having the toxic masculinity and entitlement and all of that just fall away. Um, But it wasn't because someone stood by his side and helped him see it. It was because he lost everything. So when we choose better for ourselves and our children, we stop enabling them and we force them to reckon with themselves. And if they don't, that's their choice. But they won't if it still works. So anyway, with all of those missions in mind, I mean, there are multiple, right? But with all of those missions in mind, that is why, that is the the container that I, or the sort of the soil in which I planted the seeds for Grit and Grace. Grit and Grace is coming out of these missions and my commitment uh, to women and society. So keep your ears peeled, keep your eyes on your email, and you'll hear more about Grit and Grace coming up. Today, I have with you someone who shares, uh, I have with me someone who shares many of my missions, Sarah Davison. Uh, She's best known as The Divorce Coach. She's an award-winning authority on breakups, divorce, and life empowerment, Following the launch of Sarah's Breakup and Divorce Coach Practitioner Accreditation Program in 2018, Sarah has now founded the International Divorce Coach Center of Excellence, which has a coaching community of 250 divorce coaches spanning 16 countries and five continents. Sarah is a twice bestselling author, media commentator, and host of the number one Heartbreak to Happiness podcast. Please welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, Sara Davison. Sara, thank you so much for coming on and talking about, we're going to talk about something empowering and uplifting and, and that it's all going to be okay, right? <laughs> yes, please. I think everybody needs that right now. Thank you, Kate, for inviting me on. It's an honor to be your guest. I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited too. We've had so many conversations about various things at various times over the last couple of years, and it's we're finally nailing this down, and it's great. I'm so happy. We've talked so much about the signs of having been in a toxic relationship, and how to and 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 also a lot about recovery and how to recover. But let's, what about life after? Like, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What's possible? Yeah, well, that's such a good question. And I think when you're coming out of a toxic relationship, as we both know, there's a lot of the ugly crying on the bathroom floor. There's a lot of no confidence, no self-esteem. There's a lot of reliance on other people, friends or family to make decisions for us because I remember way back then being just terrified to even decide what I was going to make for dinner because suddenly that was my choice and I had full control. And it was all a bit overwhelming sometimes, you know, so... And I see this in my clients all the time. It's how do I get back up? How do I get back up on my feet and move forward when I'm still so wrapped up in the whole process? Well, I have to say that one of the things that really helped me was when I got to the point where I made the decision 
I can either stay where I am and just drag this along with me and let it break me into a million pieces, or I can pick myself back up. I can dust myself down. Yes, I've got the emotional scars. I absolutely do. But I'm not going to let them define me. In fact, I'm going to turn my adversity and all this pain into my strength and even my superpower. And so my motto was, and I still use it to this day, my motto was, screw you, watch this. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. I love it. I feel like everyone needs to like scrawl that in lipstick on their bathroom mirror. Screw you, watch this. And I would add motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, the first word you can interchange with that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I found it so empowering because I was like, you know, you can do all these things to me with legal teams and barristers and judges and lawyers writing hideous letters. And, you know, we talked about the family courts in the UK. I know it's the same in the, in the States. You know, it's so, you know, there's so much injustice. There's so much mm-hmm. um, misogyny and corruption and not everyone. There are good people out there, of course. But, you know, what I was experiencing, what I was seeing and the the way that people are in the legal profession are allowed to communicate with other people. It's just, you know, I think in other professions, you'd be struck off for writing hideous letters and threatening letters and bullying letters. You wouldn't get a teacher sending that back to a parent. You, you wouldn't get an accountant sending to one of their clients. You know, if you don't do this, you'll never see your child again. You'll be out on the street. And Oh, my goodness. I, it's overwhelming. So I think with that whole you know mess that you get caught up into and your ex, if they're being difficult to, and we know that post-separation abuse can be a lot worse even in some cases than when you're actually living in the same house with them and it doesn't even seem possible at the time. Yeah. But, you know, screw you is like saying, you know what, you can do your best, but you can never break what's inside me. You know, I have a light inside and you may have dimmed that, you may have turned it right down. And in some cases it may even have gone out, but you can relight that and you can tile it up. You can start shining your light super bright And when you start to do that, that's where you find your momentum. That's when you start to feel empowered about opportunities in the future. And that's not huge steps. That's tiny little steps. Right. You know, like making decisions for yourself again and and making those decisions on not just what to eat, but what to do next and Mm -hmm. who to surround yourself with and how to dress and how to paint your nails crazy colors like I have today. (laughs) I have to tell you guys that I've been, I've been like obsessing over your nails today. They're, they, she had, Sarah has every one of her nails painted a different color and they're all like Easter eggs and they're gorgeous. <laughs> happy nails. Happy nails. Happy happy nails. That's right. That's right. Happy nails. Happy Sarah. Perfect. <laughs> yes. And you know, the thing that I always think about is that as you and I are talking about this, you know, we're just two women who are just a few, you know, few years, 10, 15, whatever, how many years further down the path than you are, but we are no different. We were no different. I mean, I know for myself, my light was out. I mean, I had, I had nothing. I had no confidence. I didn't know how exact, how to choose a, a meal, choose a, you know, I didn't know my favorite color. I couldn't, I couldn't, tell you anything about myself. People would say, how are you? And I'd be like, good. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. And now here, here I am. And if, if you 
you know, listeners think of me or think of Sarah as somebody who is, you know, someone to aspire to, which is whatever, like, sure, that's, that may be a part of what we, but it's only because we have actually, we are you. We're just yeah. further down the line. Right. Yeah. And hey, my ex still gives me daily learnings, which I am forever grateful for. And, you know, when I'm training my coaches, you know, I've got the school to train people to become breakup and divorce coaches. And I'm training them quite often. They go, Sarah, this is a great piece of information. Where did you get this from? This is new. This is a great tool. I'm like, ah, can we all just do a big round of applause for my ex who taught me this this week? <laughs> use it, turn it into our power, and off we go. <laughs> so we all do a right. round of applause, and off we go. And actually, you know, I know we're laughing about it, but, you know, it's tough. But, you know, if we can turn this on its head and see our exes and all the things they do as a gift, and I know some of you would be like, oh, God, a gift. But but a gift that actually helps you to, to become stronger, to That's develop right. skills that you didn't have before. Because I know I'd never be who I am now without that experience. So I am very grateful to, for a lot of it. I mean, some of it has been pretty tough. But if you've been to hell and back, the one thing you know is that you can get through anything. So you don't live your life in fear of what's coming because you're like, hey, you know what? I know I can get through it. That's right. That's right. And and I I mean, I totally, I totally agree. I think that there, you know, I would never know what a boundary was if it wasn't for having to create them uh, with my ex, if it wasn't for, you know, the work that I've had to do that I've been forced into. And I am, I am, I too am unutterably grateful for being forced to become the woman that I am now. And, you know, I will say in my case, what's very interesting is that my ex is actually sort of comes to me now. And asks me, how did you, how, how do you, how do you be alone? How do you heal from this? How do you, right? Cause he's really in a, in a, in a bottoming out place, which is great. And I'm, you know, support his recovery all the way. Um, but it's interesting, right? That, that the work that I had to do in order to heal from the damage that was done to me and my relationship with him, he's now looking at me going, you're amazing. How do I get to be more like you? <laughs> wow. That's a real turnaround, right? That's the oh, real yeah. turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah, so let's back up a little bit. And do you, would you mind telling us a little bit about your story for those who may not know? Yeah, sure. So um, I've always been a coach. I was a coach working in self-help, personal development, straight out of university. Uh, set up a business to fly motivational speakers from the States because you guys are so far ahead of us Brits over here. And then I would put on big events and seminars and, and really was sort of riding the cusp of the wave of self-help, personal development in the UK. And because of that, I was lucky enough to be training with some of the greatest speakers, you know, that um, you guys had over there. And then some of the ones from here, like Anthony Robbins and Paul McKenna, Richard Bandler. And I ended up training with them. So that was all great. Life was going well. Um, and then I met my ex-husband and we set up a training business and we grew and it grew super fast. We had office in London, office in Australia, he was super bright, super driven guy. Um, and it was going well. We had 170 staff, something like that, in both countries around the world in total. And suddenly overnight, my son was a one, I think, and we'd only been together about five years. 
I found out he was in love with somebody else. And not only that, he didn't want to be with you anymore. And he wanted to start a family and did start a family with her within a month or two of me finding out they were together. So overnight, my entire world fell apart. I lost, well, the father of my son, my husband, who I thought was my best friend, realized this relationship had been going on for a lot longer than anyone had known about. And then she became a director of our business. She no. then moved into the penthouse apartment in the same apartment development. I lived with my son. We were on the ground floor. She was driving my cars. She was, I mean, there were so many things that happened. She was 12 years younger than me. She was absolutely beautiful, which again, of course, really annoying. <laughs> right, right. They always do that, by the way. They're always younger and prettier and skinnier yeah. and hotter. It's just, it's just the way it goes. You kind of look at it going, okay, I'm kind of get where you did where you did it, but ow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then you know after we got thrown in then to a very difficult divorce process because if one of you even one of you wants to do it amicably and the other one doesn't you've got no hope so I was cut off financially it was very difficult I then wasn't involved in the business so it was difficult to know what was going on all the things that we hear from our clients all the time Kate got thrown yeah. into a very acrimonious divorce process very high profile expensive lawyers two and a half years in the high court, battling it out, uh, very aggressive. And I just just didn't recognize the man I married and just didn't know what was going on, but suddenly realized that actually I'd been in a very toxic relationship and all the signs were there, yet I wasn't really aware they were signs. I just thought it was normal and I'd minimalized it as a lot of my clients do, and I'm sure yours do too. Yep. And it, yep. It's only really coming out of it, people sending me articles and commenting and saying things that I started to piece it all together. And that's when I realized that there was no help really for, mm-hmm. for me. This was 13, 14 years ago now. Yeah, so same, same. Yeah. Same, yeah. same time. Yep. <laughs> that's right. And I'm, I'm looking around going, okay, well, who can help me with this? And the lawyers are saying, don't mention abuse because at that point, coercive control and all of those behaviors were not recognized. So keep your mouth shut because you'll be the bitter twisted woman. Um, you know, just be nice. But they were spearing as much venom and lies at me, but I had to be nice. And just went through that whole process, absolutely heartbroken, terrified, not sure how I was going to put one foot in front of the other until I combined my coaching skills with the divorce process, took my power back. And that's where screw you, watch this came from. And titanium became my saving song to power me through all the tough times um, by David Guetta. And I was like, right. New me, new approach. I'm going to see what works, what doesn't work. And that's how I created all the tools and techniques that I share now with my clients and my coaches around the world. And it works, you know, and I know that because it worked for me and it's worked for for lots of others. So, so yeah, that's sort of how I came to to be here. I sort of fell into it really, but my passion is coaching and making a difference. And it's just great, isn't it, when we can do this? And I know you're doing amazing things as well. I just, uh, just to help so many people and know that they don't have to be in that dark place that we were in like 13, 14 years ago, right. because you can get through that process with the right help. And, you know, that's really the thing is that 13, 14 years ago, there were not, there were not people doing this work. And I didn't have a name. We don't have a name for emotional abuse. People weren't talking about it. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have podcasts like, you know, and it was, you know, when Facebook was, you know, look at my cat and, So we really didn't have these resources or the language. And so 
I, both of us, I love that it's the same, it's the exact same time period, right? <laughs> We're out there going, wait, uh, what happened to me? And as we figured it out, we built businesses around it because we realized the necessity for other women going through it. So, you know, now everyone's talking about it, but God, back then, man. And so, right. And so, as I said before, anyone who's listening to this, we're literally just 13 years down the line. That's all. (laughs) And so the power that you hear in women like Sara and me are, is available to you. Absolutely. We all have this within us, but I think you know, I certainly didn't think I had any strength. You know, I couldn't sleep at nights. I don't know about you, Kate, but nights were the worst, mm. the absolute worst. And all my friends would be asleep. But my poor mum, I'd phone her during the night because I couldn't bear to be on my own. The pain, I mean, it really hurts physically. I think in your case, too, the shock of that trauma. For me, it was like a slow burn. And by the time I get out, I was like, woohoo, I'm free. Hold it, very different experience. But the shock of the trauma, um, that you went through is, I mean, I, I know someone who's going through it right now and it is just agonizing. Yeah. And you, and you do, it is shock, you know, you go into denial and you're going, this can't be happening. And then you're thinking, but it clearly is happening. And then you, you kind of want them back, even though you you shouldn't want them back because look what they've done to you. And, and you're really grappling because your world has completely changed. That's in right. That second that you realize the truth, it's completely right. changed and you can't go back. Um, but that's a good thing. If you've been in a toxic relationship, it's a really good thing. Because if you go back, that's going back into the abuse. They're never going to change. And when they move on with somebody else, that cycle will start from the beginning with the love bombing and the honeymoon period. And then it will start, the mask will slip and then the rest is history. We know what's going to happen. And so in the end, those relationships are, are never good. But, you know, and you're lucky to get out. And you're lucky to get out in one piece and sane and and to be able to have the opportunity to rebuild your life. Because a lot of women don't. A lot of women in right. the UK, 30% of, of homicides in the UK, um, 30% of them happen within three months of separation. Because as they pull away from the perpetrator, the perpetrator's control is is le- lessening. They're losing control, so they try to, you know, up that by taking more control. And quite often, it goes from emotional to physical, and it's never even been physical before. That's right, and that that ends in homicide in some cases, tragically. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important. I hear so many people saying, "Well, he's never hit me, and it's never been, um, it's never been uh, physical." The truth is that they only exert as much power and control as they need to maintain their power and control. And if they're starting to lose it, it is very possible that someone might escalate to physical violence. It's not, you know, not always, but you have to be careful for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, there you've got the post-separation abuse where all that abuse is, is transferred into the divorce process, as you and I know, which is why we specialize in helping people through, because it's very different divorcing someone who's toxic than someone who's, you know, there might be conflict. You absolutely have conflict in healthy relationships. That's that's okay. But they they ultimately want a fair resolution for both sides somewhere down the line. Whereas with a yes, toxic, that's right. abusive relationship, they're, they're after annihilation. They're after as maximum maximum suffering and pain. So there's there's no fair resolution to be achieved. Well, th- there's no resolution, right? You you and I go into divorce 
looking for solutions to problems so that we can end it and move forward. And they go into it, you know, a really toxic, malignant, toxic abuser goes into divorce with the idea of, as you said, annihilation, uh, constant, like we're going to use this process now to completely annihilate you. And so there is not, uh, there's, they're not after solutions. And so anytime there becomes, there comes a solution, they're going to undermine it so they can undo it so that they continue, right? This is why you have agreements and then they, and then they blow it all up because they're not interested in solutions. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah, spot on. I mean, this is just why those processes take so long, why it's so expensive. Yeah. And why lawyers who don't understand the game of distraction and gaslighting, just, you know, their costs can rocket just because they're jumping down the rabbit hole every time there's a distraction instead of going, oh, let's hold it back because this isn't relevant. So again, you know, it's important to have someone on your team, on your legal team who gets domestic abuse, so they're not going to fall into those traps. And now for a quick word from our sponsor, the all new fully revised, should I stay or should I go? After three years of this program existing in the world and changing women's lives, I decided to give it a full makeover. The all new version has all new videos, a podcast-like audio stream if you wanna take the work on the go, and completely updated resources for deepening your learning. The program consists of six core modules, the first of which is Who Are You? This is the section in which you dig deeply into your own personal development and get in touch with your inner guide, slay your inner critics, mine for values, and learn how to set healthy boundaries. The second module is How You Learn to Love and helps you understand your attachment style, love languages, and how to properly love and care for the most important person in all of this, yourself. Module three is called, Why Are Women So Exhausted? And breaks down some of the issues around toxic masculinity and male entitlement, the myth of being a stay-at-home mom, and answers the question, he's fine, why can't I just be happy? Module four is all about understanding abuse, and includes videos on trauma bonds, understanding the cycles of abuse, particularly how they play out in your own relationship, and addresses addiction, infidelity, and mental illness. Module 5 is all about healing and moving forward and includes videos about therapy, couples therapy, healing from betrayal, emotional regulation, and grief. This section also includes my 90-minute workshop, Tackling Codependence, as well as my signature relationship inventory that will help you gain complete clarity on all the parts of your marriage and figure out what's his and what's yours. And module six answers the question, is the grass really greener on the other side? With in-depth videos on dating, cultural and religious isolation, and what happens if you end up alone forever? Spoiler, you probably won't. Whether you decide to stay or go, this program will set you up for a lifetime of clarity and fulfillment. And if you've already decided to go, the program will help you unpack all that's happened and help you heal so that you can move forward without repeating the same mistakes that got you here in the first place. This program is priced super low at just $697. And if you use the code PODCAST, when you check out, you'll get $50 off the full price. What are you waiting for? 
You have been agonizing with this decision for long enough. It's time to finally know, should you stay or should you go? And now back to our episode. Okay, so since, we, since we're talking about sort of healing and moving on and all of that, how do you recommend people, how do you work with women to uh, move forward even in while they're in the, you know, because that post-separation abuse stuff can go on for years. It can go on for decades in some cases. And so how do you help people or what do you recommend for them to heal and grow in spite of the constant, Mm. uh, you know, assaults and attacks and annihilation? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And the good news is it is possible. Okay, we can dial down the impact. And the way we do that is, well, there's a couple of things. First of all, you have to look after you. Okay, you can't go on the diet I went on, which was hot chocolates from Costa Costa Coffee. That You just can't do that. You have to try and eat a balanced, healthy food. I know it's boring, but it's so true because you need to be alert. You need to be on Mm. board and you can't let everything fall apart. So as best you can, look after you, self-care, even if it's drinking more water every day, even if it's going for a walk, just having some vegetables, something healthy, just so that you have got something there to give you the energy to make the decisions you need to make. So that's, that I think is really yes. key. And not drowning in a bottle of wine every night. No, I mean, <laughs> one glass we can do, you know, maybe one and a half, but when it starts getting to a bottle a night, that's the challenge. Okay. So you've got to just start to take your power back by recognizing those things because you mm-hmm. will need your strength. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Spend time with people that love you and have a little bit of fun where you can. You know, I know it's not always easy in those early days, but yeah. try and do things that are going to help you look after you. Now, the really important bit, I think, is that you have to start to learn to hone your radar to those red flags. And I know, Kate, you talk about that a lot on your podcast. So all those warning signs of the lying, the gaslighting, the put downs, the name calling, the belittling, the mirroring, where they're doing, accusing you of doing the things that they're doing, um, <laughs> the cheating, that all those things, right? Every, all of those signs, we've got to learn to spot the signs. Now, I think one of the hardest things is to disassociate from your ex when they're toxic. Physically, a lot of my clients have moved out. So they're physically dissociated because they're living somewhere else. But emotionally, they feel still that they have their intimate terrorist in their head every day. Yes, and sometimes that's right. That, yeah, and that's because they are throwing little grenades in through the divorce process or comments on WhatsApp or emails or unpleasant comments. All this will still be going on, okay? And that's the, that's the post-separation abuse that we mentioned earlier. So what we have to do is, is emotionally disassociate from them. Now, the That's way right. that I work with clients to do this is I create a checklist and it's called the gameplay checklist, this, this, because what we do is we turn it into a game, okay? So it's, you take a deep breath, but that list of all those warning sites, so the lies, the put downs, the isolation, the, you know, the, the fearful tactics, all those things has a place on that checklist. And then when we ever have any interaction with them, Instead of diving into, oh, well, why did they say that? And how did that happen? And but no, but no, 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 they've got it wrong. It's not that, it's this. Instead of getting sucked into that vortex of negative energy, 
which is going to drive you even more insane. We step back and we get out our little game card checklist and we go, right, here's my pen. Let's tick them off. Okay, lies, tick. Name calling, tick. Fear inducing, tick. Isolating, tick. And we just go through the list and we spot how many signs are showing up in that one interaction. And it can get to be quite fun because instead of getting into it and down the rabbit hole with them and you know being gaslit by all the different comments, we don't do that. We go gaslighting, tick. Confusing mm-hmm. behavior, tick. So we're not getting emotionally involved. We're not getting into that. We're stepping back. And the more my clients learn to do that, the more they're able to take their power back because it is a game. Whether we like it or not, if you have been in a relationship and still are in some sort of relationship with that person, that toxic ex, you're in a game. They are going yep. to move you around that chessboard like a pawn unless you learn the rules, master them, and stay two steps ahead. So that's what we're doing. We're giving you more clarity on this is the game. It seems clever and overwhelming, but actually, it's textbook, isn't it, Kate? They're all the same. They play They're by all the, the same. same. It's 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 unbelievable. It's I mean it's true. I mean, it's really staggering. It's really staggering. And and by the way, I think you know there is there's a difference. There's a spectrum. There are you know malignant toxic abusers, which is you know, uh, and then there are there are the people who are abusive, but it's really because of their own trauma, their own demons, and all of those things. And they actually mean well, right? They're not. Those are the people who are not going to t- drag you through court. Those are the people who are going to be like, I know I fucked up. I'll 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 whatever you need, <laughs> right? Um, there's there's a, there is a spectrum here. But they all actually still check all those boxes. Yeah. No matter where they are on the spectrum, if they are abusive, whether it's because they're a narcissist and they don't know better or they're just trying to get their, you know, needs filled or they're actually, you know, malignant and malicious, they still check all those boxes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's staggering when you start to realize and the number of you know clients that have had massive light bulb moments of this because they're like, oh, yeah. And then because this, the beauty of this is you that everyone is learning then what the signs are. So yep. you're learning to spot the signs. You're honing your radar, as I call it, to spot the signs of abuse, which means that as you move on with your life, you're much less likely to fall back into those old patterns. Because as soon as you see that on day one or day two, yeah. you're going to be like, ah, yeah, yeah. What I call your internal burglar alarm, your your instinct will be kicking off, going rah rah. The alarms will be going, and you'll be like, okay, I need to deploy my parachute and get out of here immediately because yeah. this is a warning sign. And so right. we don't make the same mistakes, which I think again we see time and time again that people that don't learn repeat the pattern. That's exactly right. And I think that, and I think what's great about what you're talking about is make sort of turning it into a game, is that you're actually what you're doing is rewiring their brain. You're actually rewiring the neurons to not be focused. You know, the thing that I spend so much time educating people about, and I'm sure you do too, is how much time and focus we spent, how much time we spend focusing on the other person, trying to figure them out. Like, what do they mean? Or when they said this and, but they said this and they thought this and, but it's not true. And but, but the, you know, so is he a narcissist or is he just an asshole or is he abuser? Like, where does he fall on the spectrum? And their focus is so much on them. And that's the, the wiring and the training from having been in a toxic, abusive relationship, right? That's, that's the design. And 
it so turning this into a game really i think helps shift the focus back onto ourselves oh and right? isn't it needed that all that energy <sighs> that we spent putting into them if you can just so take energy. even half of that yep. and put it into the creating a future that you want to live in designing your ideal partner with safety nets that if any of those things show up those those red flags you're out but right starting to create your life that's where you That's start right. to feel empowered. You're taking your power back. You're taking your control back and putting it into designing a better life for you. And if you've got children, it's absolutely essential it's a, yep. that you start yep. focusing on you because otherwise they're going to learn that that is what love is. And it's toxic. I and mean, if they leave you, you're in massive pain and it hurts for the rest of your life. That's not what we want our kids to learn. We want them to learn that, yes, the wheels fall off in life sometimes. Sometimes you don't get what you want. You don't get into the right college or your, the job of your dreams or the partner you really like dumps you. That's life. But if they learn that when the wheels come off, yeah, there's some pain. You might explore that, face it head on. But then you dust yourself back up, you get back up on your feet and you power on by focusing on what you can do to turn your life around and implementing that, taking small steps every day what a valuable gift, what a valuable life lesson for kids that's going to give them that so that when they go through that, which they will, they'll think back to, oh gosh, remember what mum did when that happened? Mm-hmm. She didn't think that was the end of the world. She didn't try and self-harm or commit suicide or any of those things, which now seem to be regular choice coping mechanisms for teenagers these days. Yeah. They're going to say, I know what I do. I've got my power song and I might have a little mantra and I might jump up and down five star jumps and go out for walks every day and I'm going to turn my life around, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just right. think this is so important. It not, you know, for as moms, most of us will do more for our kids than we will ever do for ourselves. That's right. So if you're stuck and you're finding it hard to get that motivation, then do it for them, do it for the kids, do it for the people that look up to you to inspire them along the way. It's super important. Yeah. And the, you know, the question that I, you know, I'm sure you do too, that we always ask is if this was your kid, if this was your daughter or your or your son coming to you and telling you the story, what would you tell them to do? <laughs> what advice would you give your child? Then, okay, that's that's what you have to do because our kids will, you know, mirror this. They will follow the patterns. We it takes it takes one person, one person to break generations long cycles of toxicity and abuse. Um, or even one generation, like it doesn't matter, right? It, but most of us don't come to these relationships <laughs> without some, you know, generational history. Um, and so it's our, you know, it's our job to break it for our kids. Absolutely. And it's the greatest gift you can give as a parent. Yeah. And also know that you only need one stable parent That's right. for a kid to do just fine. You know, yep. the kids will be fine. They're so resilient. If you give them the tools, if you, if you're if you're there for them with unconditional love, they only need one sane parent and they'll be fine. So again, don't put all your worries and angst onto that child because right. you know, they, if they're a teenager, they've got enough of that coming from all different directions anyway. And sometimes I see my clients putting that, oh, that must be because of the abuse or because of his dad or because of this. And actually, no, it's just being a teenager. That's you know, right. It's just being a small child at a new school, or it's just being a child just during exam time, or whatever it is. Yep. It might just be a normal reaction. Yeah. So just watch that, as especially as moms, I think, don't we? 
I mean, I think it's so true. And I think uh, I, my ex will text me all the time and be like, he's so depressed and he's just, he just doesn't want to come out of his room or he doesn't want to do anything. And I'm like, no, no, he's just, he's a 16 year old boy. Like it's, it's totally normal. It's exactly what he does at my house too. He's not depressed. He's fine. He's, you know, he has a history of depression. He's on meds. He's doing great. He's really happy. He's got a girlfriend. He's super, super happy. He's just a teenager. <laughs> doesn't come yeah. out of his room because that's what they do. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know about UK, but over here in the UK, we've got into this era of just pathologizing everything. Yes. Yeah. A label. Yeah. So your kid's stressed. So they've got anxiety disorder or they've uh-huh. got stress disorder. Or I heard the other day, my child's been diagnosed with mood disorder. And I'm looking into it. I'm saying, okay, so what's going on for them? Well, they've just started a new school. They don't know anyone. Yeah, they're not top of the class. A lot of their friends are a lot more sporty than them. And I'm thinking, of course, they're stressed. Of course, they're anxious. This is a normal human reaction to going into a new environment where you don't know anyone and everyone else knows each other. If she didn't have that reaction, I would say there would be something wrong. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly what you would expect. Let's not Mm -hmm. label her. Let's give her some tools other than self-harming to help her change that. Yeah. You know, help yeah. her engage, help her, you know, meet her tribe, fit in. It just, it's exasperating. Yeah. The pathologizing is, there's a lot, there's a lot of it happening. And I think that, you know, I know that like when my son was younger, you know, when he was, you know, six or so, you know, there was so much, he was diagnosed legitimately with very, very severe ADHD. And that was with tons of hyperactivity. He is a, he is a hyperactive, he's, he's got combined type. So he's super hyperactive and also just a space cadet. Um, and so, and that's, you know, it comes by it naturally. It's a very clear diagnosis and very severe one. And right. We're like, at the same time, we were a few years into our divorce you know, what's divorce? What's just a, you know, what's just a a three-year-old being a three-year-old, like this is before he was diagnosed, right? It's like, well, what's divorce? What's behavioral? What's just him being, you know, a hyperactive three-year-old? What's right. And we're always like, we're always looking at like, oh, it's the, is it the divorce? Is he behaving this way because of the divorce? It's like, he's behaving like this because he's a, you know, he's a three-year-old who's, you know, having <laughs> tantrums and not getting his yeah. way. Right. Yeah. And what is it? I'm, what is it I'm supposed to nurture? And what is it I'm supposed to, where's the nurturing and the versus the discipline versus the, you know, without, um, and it's hard. It's hard it as parents for us to know. Especially when you're doing it on your own as a single parent, if you're, I mean, co-parenting with toxic ex is very difficult, if not impossible. So managing that on your own I mean I think that's one of the hardest parts of divorcing someone who you don't get on with anymore for whatever reason it's very hard to manage especially if the kids are young and you're handing them over and getting them back and there's just so much that is worrying and and you know as parents we're going to stress out about that but actually the kids are so much more resilient than we give them credit for you know a lot of that is our own as you say anxiety that we're still thinking is it that is it this yeah no they're just tired they haven't eaten you know, it's normal. Yeah. (laughs) And as long as you're doing the right things, like not bringing your shit to pick up and drop off, don't have, don't have, you know, co-parenting or relationship conversations during, you know, pick up and drop off, pick up and drop off is for like, Oh, she ate this. I just changed her diaper. He, you know, he don't forget he's got football tomorrow. Here's his stuff. Right. As opposed to, you know, whatever, right. 
as soon as you infuse that into pick up and drop off any of your anxiety or your angst or your anger or your resentment or your bitterness, then the kids do pick up on that. Right. So as long as you're keeping that clean, you're probably okay. Yeah. I just think you're right. You're spot on. I mean, that's great advice for anybody going through that, that parenting challenge. And I, I hear this all the time, you know, they, they try and start an argument hand, hand over time. And I always say, well, here's a phrase, just learn one phrase that works for you. And I always say, this one worked for me. Just smile and go, hmm, that's interesting. I'll have a think about that. And that's it. Nothing else. Don't go into it. Don't react. Just smile. Hmm, that's interesting. I'll have a think about that. They've got nothing then. You're not giving them positive, negative energy. You're just neutral. And right. if you can master that and just have that, you know, practice it in the bathroom mirror, don't react in the moment because they might be throwing grenades. We can't control what they're doing. You can control what you do. And as Kate just said, it's so important not to stoke that fire and, and to go, no, 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 you've got it wrong. Or what are you saying? Don't need to do that. Just take the high ground, do the right thing. It's never the easy thing, by the way. Right. In the right <laughs> never seems to be but do the right thing and then come away and then once your child is busy or doing something else out of his shop then maybe make a call rant to your friend or your parents whatever but just not within his shot of the kids and remember they can hear a lot more than you think they can always they hear everything they have bionic (laughs) ears it's unbelievable (laughs) they really do oi so what other tools do you have in your in your vast toolbox um, for people who are, you know, going through post-separation abuse, who are healing, just like the healing? So you said one thing is is really like self-care, eating vegetables, drinking water, keeping your your brain clear, surrounding yeah. yourself with people you love, right, and who love you, and and I. Th- there, I want to add something to that because I have a yeah. friend who's going through this right now, right? And she's got a lot of friends who are really like gung-ho mm. to destroy him, right? Yeah. So they went and moved all of her stuff out of, they went together as posse to like move her stuff out. And they were like, let's take all the chargers. So he doesn't have any chargers left. Let's, you know, and and she's like, that's not me. That's not who I am. It's not what I want. Right. And they're so sort of vehement in her, their protection of her, that they're crossing a lot of lines and making things yeah. worse and making her feel worse. Right. So yeah. finding the people who love you also find the people who are honoring you in the process and what you want out of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of your friends and family will feel betrayed or emotionally hurt by this person too. So they're going to have their own emotions to work out. They'll be super protective of you as well. So, yeah, I mean, I've had the same with with a client who turned up for her first appointment with me and proudly popped open the trunk of her car to show me these bin bags. And inside were like these expensive coats she cut up, shoes, leather shoes. I don't know how they've managed it. And then suits and jumpers. and, And I was sort of like, oh, she's going, isn't it great? My bestie came over and we drank two bottles of wine and we chopped up all this stuff. I'm going to dump it around on her doorstep, the new girlfriend's doorstep. And I was like, oh, okay. And unfortunately, there were some repercussions because he went to his lawyers and it, oh, it was just got so nasty. Of course. Massively regretted it. And so did the friend. But I think in that moment, they think they're doing the right thing by you. But obviously, 
with hindsight and you know for us we, we've seen this a few times before and been there ourselves it rarely works out well for those kind of things and it doesn't feel good later like you know like a week later you're like oof that's not who I am right so it's really important to keep yourself aligned with your values as you go through this yeah I remember that's what I was saying at the beginning they can do whatever they want to the outside with the the, all the nasty behavior but inside unless you give that to them unless you allow them to take that then that's yours and you can do with that you can stay with your light shining brightly you know that's important to keep that dignity throughout even when it's hard you know and, and that can actually be quite fun because every time they throw a stone a brick you know verbally whatever you you still smile back and like you know what that's saying you know uh, about I can't remember the saying now, but about you know uh, nasty words will won't break me. You know those things they can't. You know you can throw whatever you want towards me, and I will stay strong. I will always act with dignity, and that ultimately is going to wind you up a treat. But I will never let you see I'm hurting. I will never let you see that I'm upset or sad. I'm just going to be do the right thing, and I call that functionally friendly. Actually, with your ex, whenever mm-hmm. they. Uh, yeah, whenever you're going to a handover or sports day or a concert for your child, I would say functionally friendly, super simple, just act as if you're friends on the surface. That means don't share any private information, how you're feeling, what you're doing, who you're dating, what you're thinking about the divorce, none of that, none of that. But just, hey, you look nice, how are you? You know, they love compliments. They love talking about themselves. So quite often questions about themselves will keep that conversation going for a while. And then that's it. Get Have your get out clause ready. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the time. Got a dash. I'm, I've got to, got to meet a friend or I'm going to stand over there now. So, but you take control. You do it on your terms, but allow it to be friendly and just manage that. Visualize it happening. Play it through before you get there. If the girlfriend's going to be there or the boyfriend, have a nice comment up your sleeve to throw at them and then just sit back and watch the confused faces because that can be fun too. If you just kill them with kindness right. and do it with dignity. Especially, especially the new the new supply who, you know, I, I really, I often, I very much advocate for, you know, I, I never calling other women names, first of all, but also to recognize that she's his next, next victim and she is innocent and she may have, she may have had an affair with him while he was married, but you know that he was telling her all sorts of stories and all sorts of lies, right? And so if he's been telling her how awful you are and you show up and you kill them with kindness and you're really genuinely sweet and your authentic self, which you have to reclaim, right, before you can do that, um, she's going to be confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that is actually a lot of fun. (laughs) And I've had a lot of practice and I can tell you it's a lot of fun. Because ultimately, you know, you just be you, you know, and what's happening, they're going to work out that that's going to end in disaster because that's just the way those relationships are. They're either very painful or they end in in a bad way. So you're out, the focus is on you, not on comparisons between you and them, not, not on comparisons of, you know, how attractive they are versus what you think about yourself or how right. happy they are versus you, now you're right. on your own. None of that focuses on you and building your life and making it the best for you and your children. That's it. And that's how you start to take your control back. 
I'm not saying it's easy, but that constant shifting your focus back onto what can I do right now to cheer myself up or make me happier or more excited about the future and putting those plans together. That's what life's all about now. You've got a second chance to go out there, redesign your life just the way you want it, take your power back. You only live once. So let's just get out there and dream big and shine your light as bright as you possibly can. I love that. I love that. You're, you have a chance, like you're out, you're free. If you're out and free, let's not get sucked back in. Right? Don't let him, right? Like, that's right. That's right. I love it. Shine your light, shine that light. And I love that, you know, we started this conversation talking about the, the, you know, I I sort of envisioned it like a pilot light, but you know, the, the gas, the, the light may, the, the flame may have gone out, but there is still a pilot light there. You just have to reignite it. And then you can turn it as bright as you want. Um, And it is all available to you. It is 100% available to you. Um, So Sarah, Speaking of it being available to you, where can people find you so they can work with you, uh, follow your genius wisdom on how to turn their light back up? Oh, thank you, Kate. Um, Well, I have my website, saradavison.com, where you can book coaching sessions with me or my accredited coaches all over the world. So you can take a pick. Um, or on Instagram or any social media, but Instagram's my fave, and that's Sarah Davidson Divorce Coach. And I do daily videos on there just to give you a little boost and tip every day. So I hope that really helps, guys. And thank you, Kate, for having me as your guest. I've absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it too. I'm so glad we finally made this happen with our time differences <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And I just uh I adore you, and I think that you know the world is a better place with, with more of you. So I'm I'm so happy to talk to you. Oh, I love your work. Big supporter from across the pond here. So thanks, Kate. You're amazing. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.